We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Through over 30 years of ministry, I've had a lot of people ask me, why? Why is this happening? Why am I going through this? And I have found that more than likely, people who do not attend church on a regular basis, uh, people who don't have a relationship with God, most of those people in that category blame God. Why is God doing this to me? I find with church people, more often than not, they're not blaming God every time, but there is the question, uh, why, and they're, they're giving all the credit to Satan. And i got to tell you, we give him a lot more credit than what he's doing. We think he's more active than what he is. But today, I want to give you the reasons why things happen in our life. Tough times. We are a church and a, and a nation of diversity. Everybody is diverse. We have a, a church that's filled with diversity. Different age groups, different ethnicities, different socioeconomic levels. Well, we're diverse, and that's the way we're supposed to be. Uh, reaching out everywhere to everyone. In that diversity, we all want to make our own choices. Uh, some of you choose to drive one certain car. How many Ford people we got in the house? Any Ford people? Okay. Any Chevy people? Any whatever's the cheapest people? Yeah, doesn't matter to me as long as it's cheap. I don't care if it's Ford, Dodge, Acura, Honda. But we all love our choices. This morning you got up and you made a choice as to what you're going to wear to church today. We, have, we love to choose where we're going to eat lunch at today. We, we love choices. God could have, because He's God, He could have made us all be exactly the same. We could have all made the same choices in every situation. The parking lot could be full of pink Priuses today. Everybody driving a pink Prius. I thank God for choices, don't you? But the problem with God giving us choices is now we are almost drunk with our choices. I mean, if we go somewhere and we don't have a choice, it's limited. Sometimes we're not very happy. We love buffets, right? Get what I want, as much as I want, going back through again. They're going to lose money on me. We love the fact that we live in America. The problem with our choices comes in is that not all of us want to make sure that we look at our choices when it comes to tough times in our life. When God set up the Garden of Eden, I mean, it was perfect. I mean, Adam was there. It was great. God created Eve. It was awesome because now he has someone to talk to during the day, not just God in the evening. I mean, it is awesome. There are no earthquakes, mudslides, tornadoes, hurricanes, no bad weather. Every day is perfection. There are no arguments in the home between Adam and Eve. Everything's going great. And God said you can have all the use of the garden However, I'm going to give you a choice. 
Don't eat of this tree. Then enters Satanos, Satan. The one who every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. I want you to get that today. Every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. And so he entreats Eve with Adam standing by. Guys, we've got to accept responsibility. The Bible says Adam was right there. And so can't blame it all on women. He should have manned up. But he didn't. And because Adam and Eve broke the guidelines, made a bad choice, now everything pays the price. Today I want you to ask this question, why? Why are there tough times in my life? I want to defend God today. God gets blamed. They even call it acts of God. And I want to tell you today theologically that God probably doesn't have a whole lot to do with some of the things that happen in your life. The number one thing that we need to understand about life is that it has been affected by sin. Therefore, today we have cancers. We go through death, bankruptcy, divorce happens, depression, anxiety, on and on the list goes. Because of our choices, not God. Amen. Understand that. So why do I have these tough times in my life? I'll tell you the number one reason you have tough times in your life. You. And me. We are the reason for most of the tough times in our life. I've had people in my office and, and most of their situations are self Induced. Yeah. I mean, if I go out in the yard and it's 105 degrees in Oklahoma in the summertime and I'm mowing the yard and I'm raking the leaves and I'm doing all this work and I come inside and tell Sandy, oh man, I am so tired. I am so hot. Who made that choice? It wasn't Sandy's fault. It's not your fault. It's my fault. I chose to go out there in the heat of the day and do my yard work. You know what we do? Well, uh, I didn't have any time. I'll tell you, because I'm the pastor, I was up at, you know, all these people in the church keep me so busy. This is the only time I had. Now, we want to look for other avenues to blame when we need to look at ourselves and say, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many of you have ever had a speeding ticket before? Raise your hand. Come on. I got both of them up. <laughs> Was I speeding? Yes. Nine times out of ten, the officer comes up. I, I need your driver's license and, and insurance. What, what's the matter? <laughs> what's going on? I was driving ten miles per hour below the speed limit, and I had my. We were doing everything perfect, right? No, we were speeding. Yeah. Then people go, well, I'll tell you what, Pastor, I sure am glad that, uh, i tell you, here's what happened. I was driving the road the other day, and, and, and my tire blew out of my car. It was the devil. The devil blew the tire. He knows I don't have money to replace it. The devil blew the tire out of my car. And I've gone and looked at the tire, and it's got wires sticking out everywhere. Oh, the devil didn't blow your tire out. That thing's only rated for 40,000 miles. You probably have 95,000 on it. 
It was just hanging on by a prayer. You are the reason your tire blew out. Yeah. I've had people who, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll use this illustration because this applies to me, who eat poorly all their life. Now listen, I was raised on fried. If it wasn't fried, we didn't eat it. But if it was fried, we ate it. Eating bad all my life. And then all of a sudden go to the doctor and I've got cholesterol problems. Why, Lord? God had nothing to do with it. I should have been eating kale. That's a four-letter word, ladies and gentlemen. I prefer french fry. Should have been eating kale. Uh, I should have uh, taken care of myself. I should have been running two to three miles a day. I should have kept my weight under control. The doctor's driving nuts, right? On your physical. Do you know that I am obese? I went to my doctor to get a physical. They said, well, first of all, at six foot one, you should weigh 165. So I fit into the obese category. I'm like, oh, Lord. God's going, I didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> Why? But we, all of our tough times, we look around and we want to blame the devil. We want to blame God. Why is this happening? Why are we going through these tough times? Well, you're going through a divorce because one of you has been unfaithful, most likely, in some cases. Well, you, your kids are going crazy because, well, sometimes kids just go crazy. Because why? They are conceived in sin. And until they know the Lord Jesus Christ, they're bent towards sin. Well, we've done everything we know to do. Yeah, but it's your kid. They're making their own choices. We can't make them for them. We blame God, yet most of our, our situations are self-inflicted tough times. We need to look around and say, say, I brought this on myself. And we need to apologize to God. God did not do this. This is all my fault. I did it. I should have done this. I should have done that. But I did it. I don't understand all the things that happen. But I know this one thing. We blame God and we blame the devil a whole lot more than they get involved in some things. And I have learned that the more obedient I am, the less tough times I have from myself. From myself. So what else causes storms? I, I think we should be talking about uh, who instead of what. Who causes tough times, storms in our lives? Well, the second one, after you, are natural calamities and accidents. Yeah. We need to understand, look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. To Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. God didn't do it, right? Because of Adam and Eve. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And Adam's going, what's that? I don't know what that is. He found out. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, he's like, what sweat? Yeah, he found out. So do we. You will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. 
the elements into motion. God put all of these weather patterns into motion. He put the, the tides into motion. Everything that has to do with creation, He puts it into motion. And then God just says, happen. I got billions of people I'm looking after. Why did it rain on Sandy and I's wedding day? Why did it rain? The devil. <laughs> Trying to stop our wedding. I hate that devil. No, it was a low pressure cell that came into town. And it rained. I thank God for global warming. Not how cold would it have been this last couple of weeks, isn't it? <laughs> then it's cold. Yeah, it's January in Oklahoma, right? Well, today a pastor, I tell you what, I drove in the parking lot, I got out of my car, and I slipped on some ice that was there. The devil tried to stop me from coming in the house of God. No, he didn't. We parked in a low spot on the parking lot where the water settled to and it froze. You opened your door and forgot to look. And you slipped and fell. God had nothing to do with that. The devil had nothing to do with that. I want us to understand the correct theology because I know in the church world and in the secular world especially, we've got this all messed up. Everything that happens to us is God or the devil. There are no other choices. No, you and I are one big choice in this matter of the choices that we make. And then there are times to where the earth is just in motion. And yes, there will be times of drought. It's not God doing it. Now, in the Old Testament, let me, let me clarify, because I know what some of you are thinking. Well, Pastor, in the Old Testament, yeah, God did get involved in the Old Testament. But you don't find any of that happening in the New Testament. Because we have now the, the death of Jesus Christ. And we have now his resurrection. And now we have what? Mercy and grace. So God now deals with people differently. Yeah. He's not bringing earthquakes and calamities. not uh, bringing thousands and thousands of snakes to bite people. Thank God. Not opening the earth. Uh, well, the earthquakes are happening in California all the time because they are evil out there. Anybody ever heard that anymore? California's in there. No, there's a fault called the San Andreas Fault that is causing those. It's not, there's a lot of wonderful born-again men and women of God in California who love God with all their heart. Well, Pastor, raise on the just and unjust alike. Oh, listen, I've heard all this. And, and for years I, I bought into it until I studied the Word of God. And I realized God doesn't get involved that much when it comes to calamities. I mean, how many good men and women have you known their house to be blown away or their house to burn down? And they're good, solid men and women. It's not God's judgment upon them. In the Old Testament, God dealt differently. And I'm going to give you an example of that in a little bit. But we understand we're now under grace. We're under this great, great choice that we are. And we need to understand that we cause a lot of our troubles the elements the world put into motion causes some of our problems. And then the third reason we have some tough times in our life is satanic. Satanic influence, satanic attacks. They're real, but they're not the majority of what we talk about in our lives. 
I told you I was going to give you an example. There's a man in the Old Testament by the name of Job. You know Job, right? Now, specifically in the first few verses of Job chapter 1, for some reason, we know why as you read on, but God lists all of his riches. I mean, he's got thousands of everything. You know, list them out. And then he has seven sons and three daughters. And it talks about their life and when they have a party at one of them's house. The next day, Job is offering up a sacrifice to purify and cleanse them just in case they did something wrong. Okay? So Job's a very blessed man. Man, God has blessed him. Well, the angels come before God and it says that Satan shows up too. And so God in the Old Testament gives him permission to go down. He said, but you can't touch his body, but everything else. And so I want you to get this in your mind. In one day, one messenger comes in and goes, hey, all your cows, gone. And while that messenger's talking, another messenger comes in. Hey, you know what? All your, all your donkeys and stuff, they're gone. Look, while he's talking, another one comes in and goes, all the sheep, they're gone. While he's talking, another, hey, listen, all your sons and daughters are gone. One day, everything in his life that he treasured, gone. Why? Wouldn't you and I be asking that? But here's Job. All he does is, is he begins to worship God and he says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. He had a great understanding of what the truth is. He knew his God. He knew that if God was going to allow, now this is Old Testament, if God was going to allow these things to be taken away, Job knew his God, and he knew his God was faithful. And he knew that this wasn't from God. He didn't go, God, why did you do this? Why did you take my children? You should have took my wife. Oh, <laughs> Read the rest of the book. You'll understand why I said that. But why my kids? Why all my possessions? Why? No, he didn't do that. He worshiped God. And then the enemy goes back and says, now let me touch his body. Because if I touch his body, he'll curse you. And, and, and boils break out all over his body. I mean, think about this. All over his body. And if you read the Bible, you'll see a picture of this happening. He's sitting on a pile of broken pottery. And he's taking the broken pottery and scraping the boils off of his body. If you've ever been burned, I've, I've seen burned victims. It is horrible when they come in and do the scrapings. Painful. They scream. He's doing this. And while he's doing this, he's got all these really good friends and his wife. And they're all telling him, curse God. Curse God. What kind of God do you serve? And he's going, you know what? God is faithful. I know who I believe in. God. The enemy does attack us. The enemy can, and we do have New, New Testament of this to where 
Paul said it this way. He said the enemy, he, he buffets my body. I have a weakness that doesn't seem to get healed. But what I realize is that God has allowed this through the attack of the enemy so that it keeps me humble and it keeps me prayed up. Have you known people the only time they're close to God is in the middle of their tough times? Well, I'll tell you, I have. I've known people who only come to church when it's real tough. And when things start going good and it's clear sailing, they're gone until the next tough time. Listen, we have an enemy and every word that comes out of his mouth is what? A lie. So we have to understand the difference between satanic attacks and God. So let me just give you a character reference on both. John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, destroy. So if it fits in one of those three categories, who is it? It's the enemy. I have come that they may have what? Life. And have it to the full. I want you to see the real contrast here. Because we blame God for a lot of bad things in tough times. And God goes, wait a minute, that's not my character. My character is to give you life and give it to the full. My character, look at 1 Peter 5.8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking, looking for someone to devour. So he still kills destroys, devours. What does God do? God wants to give us life and give it to abundance. Look at Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Psalm 25, 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore He instructs sinners in His ways. Psalm 73, 28. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of your deeds. I want you to see the character difference. God is not bringing tough times in our lives. The enemy is. We are. The world sometimes in motion brings tough times to our lives. Psalm 100 verse 5. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Psalm 106.1. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. For He is good. His love endures forever. Psalm 145.9. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. I'm telling you, i got a lot of storms. But most of them, all of them are not from God. They're not. God is good. He has compassion. He wants to give us a good life. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. We have a good father who knows how to give good gifts to his children. You may say, well, pastor, that's all Old Testament. Hey, I've got some good, good news for you. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear. To the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible. Say that word. Impossible for God to lie. We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. And if God is your God, be encouraged. He cannot lie. 
God said, I want this part of my character to be well known to you. I'm taking an oath to you. I will never lie to you. Wow. Two things my kids will tell you that I detest. Two, lying and laziness. I detest both of those. I'd rather for you to do anything than to lie to me. I'd rather you do anything than to just sit around and be lazy and then blame God. No, no, no. It's your laziness. Get out. Wash your face. Put on some clothes. Get out there and do something. Well, Pastor, I, I've been waiting on the Lord. Stop. Waiting does not mean to sit around and do nothing. Waiting means I, I'm here waiting on you. I'm a waiter. I'm serving you. I'm doing everything I can while I'm waiting for this. I'm, I'm, I'm in active service. Yeah. You have a good waiter at a restaurant? That's a good thing, right? How many of you ever had a bad waiter at a restaurant? Raise your hand. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just being honest. I'm on tape. I'm on video. Go around the world. All those things. I do not tip every waiter 20%. If I get bad service, I'm just not going to give them 20%. Just being honest. If you're a waiter in here today, I'm sorry. I have a real affection for waiters. My daughter was one for years at a restaurant and, and it made me mad whenever she was a good waiter and then they didn't give her a good tip. It made me mad. But if I get a good waiter, sometimes I'll give 20, 30, 40% tip if I've got a good one. If I've got somebody that my tea runs out and they never show back up, it's amazing how good they come back when it's time for the check. Anything else you need? No, you should have been here 30 minutes before. I told you lots of things I needed. But people think, well, I'm just waiting on Boy, if you're waiting on God, you're constantly attentive to Him. God, I love you. God, I'm at your house. I'm worshiping. I'm praying. I'm reading your word. I'm doing everything I know to do. And I'm waiting on you for your word to come down from heaven. But I'm doing, I'm, I'm active. I'm doing everything I know to do. We need to be about the Father because every good and perfect gift comes from above. We have this hope, verse 19, as an anchor for the soul. This, I know, I'm anchored in this. God cannot lie. Firm and secure. It enters sanctuary behind the curtain. In other words, this thing is the very depth of the character of God. God, it is impossible for him to lie to you. He will never deceive you. I've had pastor friends of mine, well, God didn't stay true to his word. Well, God deceived me. No, it's impossible. Impossible. Look at 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So does God want any one person to perish? No. God sent His Son that this many would perish. Zero. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, God, is, why is God sending people to hell? God hasn't sent one person to hell. Never. God created hell for Satan and the third of the angels that fell with him. Not anyone else. No, not one. But people who reject God and his word. People who choose not to kneel. People who choose not to surrender. Well, their names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. And guess what? 
When you stand before God, here's what the Word says. He will look at you and say, I never knew you. And He said there's going to be people like me standing there. Oh, wait a minute. I preached your Word. Hey, I prayed for healing. Salvations. Hey, look at me. And He's going to look at them and go, wait a minute. Is your name in the book? Uh, no, it's not. Depart from me. I never knew you. Doesn't matter. I, man, there's going to be a lot of preachers going to get woke up that day. And I feel so sad for that. My heart breaks. Because you know how many God wants you? I mean, I want to go to hell? This many. No, not one. No one will ever be in hell because of God. It will be because of their choices. 1 Timothy 2 3. This is good and pleases God our Savior that we do what? Repent? Yeah. John 3.16, we all know this. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Wow. Now every one of us, each single person in here, you have heard the music, you've heard the preacher, and every one of us in just a moment, we'll make a choice. Every one of us. Some, I listen, I know a lot of people who make a lot of great choices. I'm not very good when it comes to investing. Here's what I do. I buy high and sell low. I've never been good at that kind of stuff. I wish I was. And I know people, man, they make such awesome choices. When they buy something, man, it's at the lowest point possible, and then all of a sudden it skyrockets. Like, oh, how do they know this stuff? I've known people who, who've made great choices when it comes to their, their marriages and great choices when it comes to their jobs and great choices when it comes to their personality. And, all. and then I've known people who just constantly make bad choices. I mean bad choices. And they're always finding themselves in tough times. And, and I found that most of the time those people are always blaming everybody else and blaming God and blaming the Satan. And, and you guys say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You made these choices. You made these choices. And listen, I'm not, I'm not being without compassion. I am so filled with compassion today. My heart is just... Filled it over for That's why I'm preaching this message to you. Because I want to make sure that we get it right. That, listen, no one is making you do what you're doing. We all have the free will of choice. I sometimes wish God would have taken mine away. Because I've made bad choices. I believe everyone in this house knows what a bad choice is. And everyone in this house knows what a good choice is. And I'm just here today as your pastor. I'm, I tell you what, I love you so much. And God, everything that you read about God in the New Testament, everything is talking about how much He loves you and how much compassion He has on you and how He is so patient with all of us and how He wants all of us to make the right choices and to live a life that is abundant and live a life that's full and live a life to where the blessings of God overflow. Everything in the New Testament under this grace and mercy, all it talks about God is how much He wants you to have a great life in Him. 
But the enemy is still over here talking. Wow. Do you really believe everything the preacher's saying today? Do you really think that there was some theology going on years ago, I'll end with this, that if you are sick, it is because of sin in your life. Made me mad. Because I've known a lot of great Christians, men and women who are mighty men and women of God, who've been sick. And that theology doesn't float with me. Well, it must be because you're doing something wrong. No, 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 no. There are some of us, listen, the only way out so far, out of this world so far, once you're born, what's the only way out of here? Death. Jesus is coming, but until that happens, we're all going to die. I had a young man in my church in Texas, I mean, New Mexico, 41 years of age. He ran 10 miles a day. One day he was running, fell over dead. No explanation. Had a 17-year-old young man in Texas. He worked at Walmart. He was in high school, 17 years of age. He goes after school to Walmart, goes up to the cash register, falls over dead. 17 years of age. I gotta tell you, sometimes we just have bad genetics. You know what you're prone to in your life? Yeah, you know what your family history is? The only way we're getting out of here is sickness and disease because of sin. Not because you sin, but the sins of Adam and Eve. I believe sometimes, I, my wife's mother, one of the most holiest women I've ever known, she had pancreatic cancer, she passed away. You will never convince me it was because of sin in her life. It just doesn't work theologically. But it does work because her body was affected because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And so today... We all have the right to make whatever choice we want to make. But I'm urging you as your pastor to make the choice to submit your heart to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me today? God is preparing a place for you and me who receive him as Lord and Savior. The Bible says it this way. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. Never has it entered the mind of a man what God is preparing for us. Heaven. Revelator says it this way. John said it has a place where God himself will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more sickness and no more death. There will be no more parting over there. God wants good for your life. He's patient with you. I have found that as I have given my life more and more to God, that I am causing less and less tough times in my life. There are times whenever, yeah, living in this world just causes tough times. There are times to where it's still on me. I made a bad choice. 
But it's getting to where in my life I see God at work doing so many good things. And I do see the enemy roaring around, prowling like a lion, ready to steal, kill, and destroy. But God says, hey, wait a minute, you're my, you're my child. I've already showed the enemy what it's like with Job. I'm not going to do all that stuff again. I've got my hand on you. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.